0: That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And so, for my wife's birthday, she asked me to take her out somewhere really expensive. So, you know where I'm taking her? Where? A Chevron station, Kara. <laughs> A Chevron station. Get Who it? Who are you?
0: You need to introduce yourself. Not everybody knows. I get it. I get it. The prices are high. You know why I only Price.
1: date really fiery women? Okay. Why? Because someone's got to ask for unleaded, and it's not gonna be me. It's not gonna. The dad jokes went over huge, so I'm going no, all dad jokes.
0: No, those aren't dad jokes. I don't know what they are. They're not even dad jokes. I know They're what gas you're thinking.
1: Jokes. You like the dirty jokes. Okay, I have a dirty no. joke. No, all right. Okay. What do, what do I now say right before I climax? What do I say, Kara? Oh, no, no. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> All right. That's enough, Scott right, Galloway. I'm that's Scott en- Galloway.
0: All right. Today, the Biden administration says no to Russian oil and yes, maybe to cryptocurrencies. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. We're speaking with Yale professor Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, who's a giant fan Hero. of his about companies that are still doing business in Russia. He's been keeping track. I know. Um, but first, a word about Florida. Earlier this week, the state legislature passed the don't say gay bill, which it's called, and there the people who are for it don't like that name, but there you have it, and the governor, Governor DeSantis, is expected to sign it into law. We take issue with this bill, and this is why we have decided to remove our business from Florida. Um, people may not agree with us, uh, but we feel this bill, um, e- even though it doesn't have the word "gay" in it, Governor DeSantis is aimed at the uh, LGBTQ people very clearly, and it's it's one of these um, dog whistle bills um, in which they don't have to say something and they mask parental rights for what is essentially targeting. Uh, they're using just like I call it critical gay theory, essentially. They're things that they didn't like before they're going after again, using this bill. Um, I it's It's got a lot in it, and there's lots of places to read about it. I will put out as many links as possible, both which I agree with and don't uh, agree with. Um, but it should not be codified into law. This is vast overreach. If you're just someone who doesn't like government, this is enormous overreach into, into schools. It's lacks of trust in teaching. It's solving just like with the trans issues. It's uh, solving. A problem that nobody really has and making people feel better about parental rights. As someone who's a big-time parent, this is not what you need. If you have problems with your schools, you deal with them on the local level, but it's ridiculous and it's absolutely aimed at, uh, at, at a certain group of people. Anyway, for that reason... We don't agree with it. We don't like it. We think it's cruel and unnecessary and uh, and a dog whistle. Uh, we're moving next year's pivot out of Miami. We had a great time. We love Miami. We love a lot of the uh, politicians there. Um, and we had them at, on our stage. This isn't what we wanted. We were looking forward to throwing a bigger and more expensive pivot next year in Miami, in the streets of Miami. Um, Now that's not going to happen, at least uh, not in Florida. We have had contact from many people, including governors of states, who are very happy to have us there. Um, I get that people disagree on what parents should be able to say to their kids in school and stuff like that, but this is just not the way to do it. Um, Scott, um, plenty of people in Florida oppose the bill, correct?
1: Yeah, and so uh, let's be clear. I I mean— It's difficult to have total clarity around this decision because we asked, we went online in an HQ2 move said, where should Scott's man cave be? Because that's where we're going to hold the next event. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people said Nashville or Austin, which also have their own problems. I mean, we can't move every conference to San Francisco and Boston, right? Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said about flexing your capitalist muscles and say, there's a lot of options. I'd rather not be uh, spend money in Florida I think you feel very uh, I think you speak to this with a a specific resonance I'm learning from you on this you said something that really I thought was very powerful a few episodes ago you said you know Jewish kids are Jewish with their parents black kids are black with their parents but gay kids oftentimes aren't gay with their parents and that I had never really thought of it that way and then uh, on the far left made the mistake of thinking that they've been asked to protect us from what offends us. And then on the far right, they've made a trope of what threatens us. And in the same week that they put out this bill to protect our children from teachers who are trying to supposedly pull the gay out of them or talk about sex, by the way, nowhere in Florida is sex part of the curriculum in K through 30. This isn't a problem. It's not there. And in the same week, we also, and this didn't get as much attention, but it falls under the same false flag, passed a law here, desantis back law called the Election Security Law, that creates more bureaucracy to investigate election fraud. And by the way, DeSantis bragged that Florida came out of their election audit with a near perfect score. There is no election fraud in Florida. So what Republicans have decided to do is try and scare people into believing The primary school teachers are trying to talk your kids, talk about sex and trying to talk your kids into being gay and they are not. I Mm -hmm. I speak, I have exposure and experience here. This isn't part of what is going on. In addition, there's no election fraud, but they all want to go after the far right crazies who unfortunately, because of gerrymandering, control the elections and say to them, we're protecting you from election fraud and from people that wanna turn your kids gay or talk about sex. And guess Mm -hmm. what folks? You need to be talking about food insecurity among children. Kids aren't showing up to school and learning about sex. They're not learning because they're fucking hungry. That's Mm -hmm. what we need you focused on. So this is more of the same. It is rather than doing their job and focusing on real problems, it's polarizing us it's tapping into the absolute our worst instincts, and it is a waste of government money.
0: It also it also takes the trust between teachers and parents, and that which has been eroded during the pandemic for sure. But like at some point, this is not what the teachers are doing. And as and so someone who went through this, hiding in hiding and not being able to talk about things, this is this will have a chilling effect. On anything that they don't know, the, the the bill I don't even understand it. It's so broad and so strange and uh, unnecessary. It's really one of these things that everyone's going to watch themselves. So one of the things that I'm getting a lot of like uh, they're obviously bots. You know, do you you believe you clearly you're a groomer, nice try groomer, which is like a weird. I hate the fact oh. that the word that I use for keeping my dog clean is being used in this way. It's so sick. Um, and I, literally, like no one's grooming anybody. This is crazy. This is crazy and sick. And the sickness is in your heads, the people that think this is correct. It's the, You have a sickness. You're like QAnon people that are screaming about pedophiles in the basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a basement. It's ins- insanity. And you know, it, and also the idea that you could make anybody gay, I mean, I'm not going to go into this, but you can't. You can't stop them from being gay, and you can't. I grew two sons in the Castro of San Francisco. Two lesbians raised them. They are the straightest people. That, we make straight people for you, by the way. And and Claire was spinning around. Yeah, in a tutu. No, I don't I'll... know what she's going to be, but I can't make her. I just can't. It's like, and I'm not interested yeah. in making her. And it also,
1: word, uh, word on the other side, you can't make people straight either, folks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in the batter. Let's get yeah. used to it. Kind of in the bottom. You're and, just going to have to and, go with it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so d- let's just say, uh, with laws like this, when there's similar states, actions in Texas, we can't be rewarded with our business. You know what? Ultimately, we're capitalists. We don't want to spend right. money. Yeah,
1: I like that narrative. Um,
0: but through the magic of capitalism, uh, we're voting with our dollars and spending them elsewhere mm-hmm. in a state that doesn't ask uh, LGBTQ people and their children to feel shame. Or
1: just waste and, our money or try and gaslight yeah, we'll us. Money. Do your goddamn yeah. job.
0: Yep, exactly. Do your job and Focus help on real issues. Hunger. There's lots of issues. There's not enough funding for repair the that repair the damage that the pandemic has done to all of us in education whatever your side on this thing is obviously we have to focus on kids this is not focusing on this is not protecting kids this is protecting parent insecure parents and it's not about parental rights and you're being played for a fool and go for it if you want to do that we're not going to be there to join you for that one. Anyway, that is our statement. What's Thank you, What's the city
1: that's in the lead right now? I have mine. I have my favorite. What's yours?
0: Oh, I like I like Palm Springs. I like Colorado. Palm Springs. I, I'm thinking. You know. You that's know. By the way, we choice. did operate uh, all things D during Proposition Eight, but the government was trying to fight it. You know, that got through because of propositions. It was it was touch and go on that one. Mm-hmm. We almost removed it from California, but then mm-hmm. there was movement against it. Um, in any case, uh, uh, Palm, Sp- Palm Springs, Boulder. Um, <laughs> We're gonna
1: end up in Denmark.
0: Denmark, uh, <laughs> Toronto. I, I think Canada is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where. Where do you? Where do you want to go? What's your favorite? I
1: think the I Queens. think the leader right now. And by the way, I just want to be clear: we are whores. We can yes, be bought. We send want me things. gifts. Send me yes. hats. Send me plants. Capitalism. But here's the thing, we're expensive. We made orders.
0: fun of Jeff Bezos for this. You know that. You got well, that, right? Who
1: predicted it would be in in D.C. or New York? Because that's where he built his new p- midlife yes. crisis man yeah. caves. And guess what? I was wrong. It was both. All right, Anyways, where's
0: your man? Where's your favorite man cave position? I,
1: I, I want to spend more time in the great state of Colorado, specifically Boulder. Mm-hmm. So I think see. Boulder, and all that, I'm kind of fancy. I like Aspen. I think Aspen mm-hmm. would be awesome. But yeah. I'm leaning towards Colorado. And we also like the governor and know him. We do like him. We do do like him. And by the way, I heard he lives with another man. I'm not going to say the the three-letter (laughs) word. They have children.
0: Do not say that. They have children that that are probably straight. (laughs)
1: This is dangerous. You're 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 a danger to our children, Kara.
0: Whatever. Anyway, we love Colorado. We love all the states, by the way, that are not giant assholes like Florida today. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, this anyway, does, does that's not it.
1: represent Florida, by the way. I just want to. I know that. Out. that. I this know that. I, by the
0: Florida. way, again, look, who should we shout out to? The the mayors that we had at at Pivot MIA.
1: Mayor Suarez
0: and also Mayor Cava. Um, yeah. So we, we we support you and we would love to be there, but mm-hmm. no thank you. And for those who say, you know, I, there's, I just, whatever, have your opinion. We're not. You know gonna
1: what would be an outside, uh, speaking of international, you know what, what? I think is the hottest c- city what? of 2022?
0: Stockholm? No, Mexico
1: what? City, Mexico. I think oh. Mexico City is the next hotspot. I think it's the next Austin, and Miami. By the way, I'm heading to Austin this afternoon. Do you know what the temperature is in Austin right now? What? No. It's 39 degrees. It was advertised as warm. It's the same temperature in Austin as it is in New York right now. I'm I need to speak to the manager.
0: <laughs> well, Texas has its own bag of tricks Jesus. on that thing, but no, you know, if Beto becomes governor, that Dreamy. could be an attractive situation Dreamy. for the pivot people. Um, even though they have these shitty bills, we like you know for, you know that kind of thing. But the guys who pass these bills are in office right now. Anyway, speaking of in office, Disney CEO Bob Chapek is that Chapek Chapek whatever. I is think now that's because Kara
1: Swisher. I think you heard Kara Swisher.
0: Oh, he may have, he, is now taking a stronger stance on the Don't Say Gay bill. We we mm-hmm. criticize Bob. Earlier this week, he took a lot of flack for not directly condemning it. Then on Wednesday, he told shareholders that he'd meet with Ron DeSantis to oppose the bill. It had no effect because it was too late, Bob, two. Yeah. Bob, one, on the other hand, Iger tweeted in favor of, uh, against the bill, opposed the bill before it was passed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think he was he he's still living but he was rolling over in his grave cuz his, his CEO grave um but uh but he was he was a liberal leader i'm sorry he really was and he, he didn't do everything right either but boy this bob jpk is
1: yeah, Obviously, but let's, like give, can, let's give Bob okay. C. some credit. I think okay, a, a well, step back from the r- wrong direction is a step in the right direction. He did I what suppose. was right. Sandeep Matrani, work initially said they weren't going to pull out. It looks like they're going to pull out. It's not too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to do the right thing. So All right, right, okay. I, fine. Think, I think Bob C. got it right. And by the way, this was an obvious one. Disney, Disney. Yeah. I mean, look at their products. They've
0: been having gay times. at the. Remember, they opened it up. Look
1: what their headquarters are, and they're mm-hmm. going to... Piss off! I mean, they're, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that they are—they have a disproportionate number of incredibly talented people who identify very strongly with the LGBT community. And right. for them, to, this was just such a tone-deaf yeah. move on his part. I could, anyways. But good for well, him. Well, he shouldn't have yelled Sorry. at
0: ScarJo either. So he's—he's he's got some of a—he's kind he of a tough at guy. ScarJo? What was no, that? he's the one that put out that statement about Scarlett Johansson. Remember the the, the beef they had about over the payments with streaming. They put out a statement about her that I was shocked that I, really? I would not have seen. Uh, but now I think, okay, Bob, too. Thank you for doing the right thing. Let's talk about some news now. Apple unveiled some new toys at its first event of 2022. There were no cards, goggles, or game-changing phones. Like we said, there wouldn't be. There was a new entry in the popular iPhone uh, SE line. That's the one that still has a home button. It's cheaper. A new desktop product called the Mac Studio, which looks small, powerful, and very expensive per Apple tradition. Are you going to get a new iPad Air?
1: I found this to be the least inspiring Apple event I've seen in a while. I Mm -hmm. mean, I usually watch it online and try and get a a feel for the new products. I thought this was a giant yawn. But anyways... Mm -hmm. have, don't they call it tick and talk? Why like, is it
0: a yawn? They're just putting out their new products. It's like, yeah, don't their be products like, they, are can't, usually they can't, really can't just exciting. go magic every time. Why not?
1: Like it's a $3 trillion company.
0: I they'll they'll come out with they, when these glasses you know you're gonna hush up when these glasses come out These God, AR, God, AR no PR, glasses. multiverse glasses it's about
1: audio not visual I'm gonna get, I got I'm you gonna, those
0: for Christmas so I'm hoping you, you
1: get, always lie you always say that you never get me anything not even a gesture I don't even get I a didn't gesture know, my from you.
0: mom called and said I didn't get her Christmas present I, I did but that's okay you
1: got her subscription to CNN plus <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I, <I'm>, lucky
0: <laughs> to see Scott Galloway um, I, speaking of which I'm so glad Jennifer Griffin is on Fox News I gave a big shout out to her today again she was you whacking did. down. Hannity with facts, um, and she is—you know—she's deproliferating my mother's propaganda, which is very—I'm very, I'm very she's pleased.
1: She's deprogramming to. her.
0: Yes, yeah, she's deprogramming her. We in put Lucky like, in a van
1: she's... and took her to some some ranch and deprogrammed her.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. No, she's she's she's. That's what I say one. to my
1: kids. I say these people are going to show up in what looks like corporate wear, but they're here to shock you, put you in a van, and then take you somewhere and return a little boy that behaves. I threaten them with that. Okay, is that wrong?
0: Don't do that. That's a bad parenting move. In any case, Lucky is against the don't say gay bill, just so you know. She thinks it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Lucky. Yeah, she's like, it's ridiculous. Switch. What we need it for? Why don't they just yell at a teacher if they put dirty stuff? That's I'm so happy lucky. to hear
1: that because I mean this sincerely. Uh, now that I'm sort of emotionally invested in you, I worry mm-hmm. about your and her relationship. I'm glad yeah, to hear that. I would,
0: that. too. It's it was very damaged by a lot of this stuff. But I can tell you I having it was very damaged by how she reacted. And that is why these are bad bills. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, of someone who wants to return, uh, Elon Musk wants to tweet without someone looking over his shoulder. Currently, oh his tweets about Tesla but have to be approved by company lawyers. Uh, now he wants a judge to judge throw that settlement out, saying it's mm-hmm. become unworkable. Last month, Musk said the SEC was trampling his First Amendment rights. And we forget, Musk and his brother Kimball are under investigation for insider trading. Anyway, uh, he's on Twitter a lot. He's <laughs> Someone was like, do you believe what Elon just said? I'm like, I can't keep track. I've done. Mm -hmm. By the way, congratulations! I think you just had another baby. Um, But uh, he had another kid. Who did he he have his kid with? with? Grimes. That's what's being reported. I thought
1: they had. I don't care. It's his life. You know what? His personal life.
0: Families are complex.
1: Uh, I. I and not like that. I don't. I don't think it should be fodder for any media anywhere. But unless you're the president and you have entitled weirdo kids,
0: I believe she talked about it. I think that's what I saw. In any case, uh, what do you think about this Twitter thing?
1: Look, I, I do think. This is whereas the majority of issues big tech brings up are not First mm-hmm. Amendment issues. I do in fact think this is a First Amendment issue, and I don't think the SEC should be in the business of infantilizing wow. people and saying you can't tweet or you have to have this old white guy or gal review your tweets. Oh, I think I what they should this. do, I think that what they should do is say, okay, did you commit market manipulation? Yes, you uh-huh. did. We're going to actually grow a pair and do our fucking job and accuse and you of market manipulation. Mm-hmm. And we aren't responsible for trying to dictate whether or not you need a babysitter around your communications. This was just stupid. Yeah. We should decide whether you say something publicly on whatever platform. And if you are, if you are sending up a flare saying the stock is worth four twenty and you have funding secured and the market believes you and goes up, you are guilty of market manipulation. They shouldn't be putting in place this yeah, weirdness. Yeah, they should them or
0: do whatever. That's You're right, 100%. They are that. treating them. Elon, you should tweet whatever you want. That's, That's right. what
1: I say. And not only like that, this these yeah. things... Mm -hmm. Uh, So many of these people get upset around Twitter, and this has happened to me, and say, that's it, I'm done with Twitter. It's addictive.
0: In fact, Elon said that in 2019, not sure about the good of Twitter going offline. He didn't really deliver on that.
1: Because the bottom line is they're not only addicted to the dope that they get, but they're addicted to the relevance and awareness. And no matter what the issue is, they're going to weigh in because they are total narcissists. I can't imagine the worst thing that could happen to Trump Was that he was kicked off Twitter. I think he'd literally, if someone said you can be back on Twitter or president again, I think it'd be a toss-up for him because he (laughs) constantly needs to talk about stars or talk about – so literally they they can't be – they cannot not hear about themselves and see the reaction. They would rather be in the news in a negative way Mm -hmm. than not in the news.
0: Yep. Okay. All right. Well, it's Elon, tweet on, says us.
1: Yeah. And SEC, do your job. You're the, you're right. the Securities you. and Exchange Commission. Enforce the laws. Don't, Don't. You're not his godparent. You're not his mentor. You're not his mama. That's right. Let's get
0: to our first big story. The United States will ban all imports of Russian oil. That's a major escalation in U.S. sanctions and one that will likely rise the price of gas, as Scott referenced in our first joke that he told. Mm -hmm. President Biden acknowledges much. Here's what he said when announcing the move.
1: The decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. Okay, that was
0: genius. Putin's war and Putin's price hike. And, mm-hmm. of course, the Republicans are trying to hang this around the Democrats' neck, even though now they're supporting this thing. Uh, it can get very political. What it, well, who does it hurt more, the Russians or the United States? The U.S. buys about 10 percent of Russians' exported oil. Russian oil made up 8 percent of oil imports uh, last year. And over 70 percent of Americans, though, say they're willing to ban Russian oil, even if it means they have to pay more for gas, according
1: to a new poll. And, I thought that we only got about 3 percent and represented only about 1 percent of their exports in Germany, you know, in the Netherlands. Yeah. You're talking about 20 or 30%. Yep. So it's just Huge. not that big a deal for us. And gasoline prices are so visible because when you think about it, when you're driving around town, you don't see mm-hmm. – you see a for sale sign on a house, but you don't see signs everywhere that says 800 grand for this house. Whereas every nice. third block, you see this giant – billboard with a number on it, and it's gas prices. So gas prices relative to our collective awareness around what's going on in the economy play a much outsized role. Because the reality is even with these price hikes, Kara, as a percentage of our disposable income, gas prices have consistently gone down in terms of how much it costs relative to our disposable income. I bet over the last 40 years, even with these price hikes, the gas is probably is one of the few categories where the prices have not outpaced inflation. In addition, higher prices will provide more cloud cover for increased investments in renewables. And also at the end of the day, and this is where the leadership vacuum, where I think Biden really could have stepped into an opportunity here. I think he should have had declared some sort of emergency, almost like a wartime act and said, we're going to build two dozen nuclear power plants and we're going to get off these, these very heinous fossil fuels. And at the same time, drill baby drill for the next 3 to 5 years. Yeah. Let's let's become we, we are almost we are a net or a exporter of energy at this point. But my sense is let's get totally off the crack. It's also having interesting second order effects. Did you notice did you notice that Venezuela mm-hmm. uh, released an American uh, political prisoner? Because you know why? I'm sure Biden has gone there. And I'm sure – and mm-hmm. not only like that no, – they this,
0: did. No, they did. They, they were very explicit.
1: This in a weird way, it might uh, create a thaw in our relationship with Iran. Because all of a mm-hmm. sudden, America is like, you know what? We need more reliable supply chain around oil, which includes going to zero – it's gonna be, it's very complicated on the Russian level because like everything that comes down to supply chain, your ability to actually move this liquid. And in the US, we're good at producing heavy or uh, refining heavy crude, but not light crude. And in in Russia, they've built an infrastructure to transfer it into Europe, whereas they're now gonna to have to build an infrastructure to transfer it into China. But what we're seeing is the world's largest, and I'm popping all over the place, I apologize, but we're gonna see the world's largest LBO, and that is at five million barrels a day, at the natural hedge of gasoline or oil prices going up, we're gonna see Putin pull off what is the world's largest uh, in history LBO and use those use that oil revenue to take the depressed prices of companies private. And we saw that this week. So what's going on here is fascinating. But I don't I don't think it really like it's not going to tank our economy.
0: Well, well, probably not. No, everything's up right now. But you know, it's not. I think there, it'll be a political issue for sure. It seems that polling people are for it. Including not drinking Russian vodka, and the pictures coming out of Ukraine are insane, like the bombing of hospitals, and uh, it's it's not a it makes it very a lot of cover for Biden to say we can't sorry we can't take this gasoline. Um, Also, the greater electric car adoption. Electric cars are ten percent of the U.S. market by twenty twenty six. It should be higher, I would think. Tesla stock is up, by the way, the Biden announcement. There you go. Even though he's mad, Biden never says Tesla's name. still doing rather well well you
1: know there's a bill don't say Tesla to second graders (laughs) (laughs) that's the new Biden state plan in Florida
0: that's of the things one of the the person who wrote that bill by the way admitted what he was doing he's like yeah. people get famous when they get gay i was like oh my god like i famous? got the shit beat out of me and my mother for goodness sake not hitting not physically but mm-hmm. you know what i mean like are you kidding me like yeah it's the celebrity that's so fantastic anyway um tesla's doing well oil companies uh they could they could get access to more drilling sites uh has, uh there's been a lot more approval of drilling sites than obviously the Keystone Pipeline mm-hmm. for temporary. But we have to get off of it. That's really it. Because then they had, they went to Saudi Arabia. Apparently, the bone saw guy didn't call us back. Like, you know, let's get away from that guy, like, immediately. If, yeah, other than sooner. other
1: than Norway, pretty much everyone you buy oil from is not who you want to be doing business with.
0: Right, exactly. The UK will phase out Russian oil by the end of the year. The EU says it will wean off Russia by 2030. Let's wean off oil. Let's That's do that. Wean. China, let's That's wean. wean. Don't use the word ween.
1: Don't say ween.
0: Don't say ween, because okay. that's sexual word. No, it's yeah. not. Uh, China and India could buy up the excess Russian oil at a discount. U.S. could import oil from Venezuela. Right.
1: China's a winner here. Yeah.
0: Anyway, one of the things that's interesting, and this is a side light, not having to do with oil, but one of the other areas of high growth is cybersecurity, and Google plans to buy a cybersecurity firm. Uh, it's a consulting firm, uh, Mandiant, uh, for over $5 billion. Mandiant hmm. famously uncovered the SolarWinds hack of 2020 that infiltrated the U.S. government. Uh, Russia is believed to be responsible. The U.S. government could stop the Google-Mandian deal on antitrust grounds. Um, There were others looking at it. I'm I'm to understand that Microsoft didn't make an offer. It was too high, and they're actually very good at the consulting business. Google's been very uh, light in the consulting area, and this this gets them into it rather quickly. Mandian has a great reputation. Um, So just, you know, this is going to be another good business for a lot of tech businesses, cybersecurity in, in heavy in the way that cloud is, I
1: think. I can't imagine an industry that on a risk-adjusted basis, you know, is just going to grow for the next 10 to ten years. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of money for this.
1: I think a lot about... You know, young people, especially young men, and I'm like, if you if you don't want to go to a four year college, you're just not cut out for it. Which two thirds of American youth don't end up with a traditional BA. If you like technology, if you're relatively good at math, if you're kind of a systems thinker or can recognize patterns, try and figure out a way to get some type of certification around cybersecurity. I just think there's a going to be a line out the door I'm thinking for thinking of people to these us skills. And doing that. Now that you keep pushing, you're us, just think. thinking of leaving us. Don't blame <laughs> it on that bitch cybersecurity. <laughs> this. You haven't touched me in years. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my TED Talk. Do not say that to
0: the. Like, we're gonna have a list of things you don't say to the kids, and it's mostly you. Like I can't believe you behaved last week. I just want to tell you he didn't behave at first, and we had to retape that. So in any case, uh, I
1: got way too dirty. You
0: know what? They should have a law in Florida against Scott Galloway being like within. Don't the
1: say dog
0: dog <laughs> near near anyone <sighs> near anyone really.
1: Um, but I don't. Uh, do, uh, I just have a question because I don't understand yeah. this acquisition. Is it they're going to incorporate those technologies and flip them on and as a as a component? of Google Cloud or are they looking to get into the consulting business?
0: No, they need a consult. it's a consulting firm. It's a consulting business and they're bad at it.
1: Google's now in consulting?
0: It's sort of, yeah, yeah. Google's bad in consulting. Like Microsoft does a lot of consulting around its
1: software. Oh, really? They want to be in the, cons- they so want to be,
0: it's consulting and also. So are they going to wrap it
1: into their bigger Google Cloud contract? I, 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 suppose, I need to yeah. speak to Sunder. Plus I, I want him as a friend. I think he would save me from myself a lot. Okay. I need him and you texting me late at night telling me what a fucking idiot. You don't I am. want Sundar texting late at night.
0: He's a very no. nice guy, but he's not a very
1: interesting texter. Oh, smell you, says the woman who gets late nights texts from Sundar.
0: I get late nights texts from other people, not Sundar. Well, I Sundart.
1: bet you do, you saucy yes. me. I do. I, I do, bet you I do. do.
0: <laughs> like the governor of Colorado, and we will mm-hmm. never be together as as opposite Jared. gays.
1: Jared. Yeah, Jared, I like Jared. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Governor for-
0: Governor Polis, we need to call him by his title.
1: I'm telling you, I'm already, I'm announcing it now. I like to have candidates right up front. My 2024 ticket, my dream ticket, is Senator Klobuchar and Governor Polis.
0: Um, he said to me in an interview, he's not interested in going further. Just oh so yeah, know.
1: right. Yeah, None of them are. Every morning they wake up in the mirror and they say, good morning, Mr. President.
0: No, I don't think so. I think he's telling the truth. Anyway, he has tons of money. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need anything.
1: You don't run for president for money unless you're Donald Trump.
0: Anyway, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, the Biden administration gives a tentative thumbs up to crypto. We'll be speaking with our friend of Pivot, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld.
1: grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: Scott, we're back. President Biden has put out an executive order on cryptocurrencies. The order calls for the government to research into the risks and benefits of crypto as well as possibly a digital dollar. Uh it's a it's a plus for the uh crypto industry because there were no new regulations yet, but he's getting the uh the agencies to think about it. I I thought it was I look I read the whole damn thing. I can't believe it. Um but it was uh I think it was uh, bullish and and it it did talk about the problems of crypto, but it's felt like someone saying, you know, this internet thing might be good and let's look into it. That's what it, like back in the nineties and the crypto sector really liked it. Others did not. Ted Cruz didn't like it. He always has the worst hot take on any current issue around. But anyway, what do you think?
1: So every morning, uh, my oldest, uh, my 14 year old gets up, gets showered, feeds the dogs, cleans up after the dogs, and is literally in the car with his backpack on and his homework ready, looking at flashcards, and ready to go to school. My youngest wakes up. uh, I have to go in there, wake him up, uh, and then go back in three or four times, and at which point he's gone full like plague. I have the plague. I cannot go to school today. And at some point, I start yelling at him. And all he said, he'll scream back, I'm awake. Like, that's it. I'm awake. I feel like this thing was a giant. I'm, We're awake. We actually understand the words crypto. We're awake. Because mm-hmm. I read through it. And it said to me, like, they just want to say, all right, we're, we're not asleep at the switch here. And we're going to do something. But I got no sense for what any of this means in terms of. Whether they're gonna, how they're gonna regulate? Well, it? Well, they
0: were worried. That crypto currency people were worried about bad regulation, bad quick regulation, rather than thoughtful. Thoughtful. They didn't. I don't think they wanted to slow it down. I think they have been asking for regulation. I think it's a good idea to get on this. But I think they were expecting bad regulation or people that are. There's a lot of sort of in the media and also in regulation. Ah, crypto. They're all a bunch of grifters, essentially, which is mm-hmm. not true. And so I think you know I, I felt it was the right thing. It was it was measured. It was like we need to look at this. Measure. They've directed them to do so. This digital okay. dollar thing is interesting. I don't know if it would work. I, again, I think it was, it's the right thing to do. You over there, you, you know, know. At this department, you do this, you justice department, look at this. I, I don't know. There's 16% of the US population is invested in crypto. I think lots more people will in the future. It's like the internet. It's like the internet.
1: So. All right. But I'm telling you, if your ass isn't in the car in five minutes, we're leaving without you.
0: Okay. It's, it's a good thing for the crypto people. Mm-hmm. In any case, let's bring in our friend of Pivot. Jeffrey Sonnenfeld is a senior associate dean at Yale School of Management and the founder of the Chief Executive Leadership Institute. Uh, he's been tracking the comings and goings of companies in Russia since the conflict began in a list that's updated daily. Welcome, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld.
2: Uh, thank you. It's an honor to join you. Uh, I'm delighted to be with you, Karen Scott. Thanks.
0: Okay, so let's. Uh, I know you've been on, on a lot of shows, so I'm glad you remembered our name. Thank you so it's, much.
2: It, it's sort of a Kara Swisher schedule for the, these days. <laughs> almost. A Scott- so
0: go. let's talk a little bit about that, what you've been putting out in this list. Tell first of all, tell me why did you decide to start doing this, and then let's go into the specifics of the list.
2: It's two of the most honest people in public discourse about business impact on society. You know why this was needed. This is the only interview where uh, I would have to explain it. So, uh, but it's because the viewers don't know what you know through your lifetime experience. And that is the dangerous qualities of spin out there. Mm -hmm. When the three of us began, whatever it is we do, we could call early in the morning and often reach a CEO or find a way to trap somebody in a corner office. These days they're so overprotected, overmanaged with lieutenants and and, uh, palace guards around them that the spin is so distracting and misleading. So as I saw, a couple of companies, there's, you know, war broke out on the 24th. We saw a few companies that moved early. Uh, and I thought, well, that's great. And you saw the Klingon effect of people mm-hmm. putting out these gauzy messages with with quasi, um, quasi trade group type things with trying to look like they're nonprofits or whatever they are, putting out this weird mixes of five or six of these good guy companies. That, Wait, that's not consistent. And we're not accountants or uh, auditors or economists or attorneys, but we want to unpack the language. As we started to do that, we realized there's a lot less here than meets the eye in some cases and more in others. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started to come out with a crude sort. Now it's we're up to 330 companies as it's constantly moving, almost 340 now, that have decisively curtailed their operations. Mm-hmm. And there are about 40 that are intransigent and stig- digging in their heels. We try to understand that. But the impact it has is um, is that the CEOs who had courage to step out in front uh are often insp- inspire the the not so courageous CEOs or the, mm-hmm. or the ones who don't have the support of their boards. So they do what people in, in the business jargon world will call the benchmarking. They want peer affirmation. Mm-hmm. So putting out the good guys list, they can see there's a there's a uh, you know a thundering herd there of people moving with you. Don't worry. Uh, those are worried well, about it.
0: Although, although the, most most of the focus has been on the bad guy. Not the bad guy. Yeah. I don't want to say that. Because guys, it's, it's a difficult. A let's just say, right. Let me just say it's a difficult decision to do this. And there's lots of reasons why you wouldn't or you would. It's very complex, they've got partnerships it's not as easy as i'm just going to stop buying, you know, russian vodka or whatever people do consumers. so 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 talk about what it what what the difficulty of of doing this is and what's the decision to stay or go. as you said 300 companies have left russia but many notable ones remain in tech cloudflare, a banking city, consumer goods kimberly clark which makes cleanups, huggies and scott uh, tissues. Hyatt, Hilton and Marriott are still there. Whirlpool, Consumer Electronics, Mondelez, which makes Oreos, Toblerone and Ritz is still there. Energy, Halberton. Well, I didn't expect them ever to leave anywhere. Um, but, uh, but uh, well, others have left, including Apple, um, Credit Suisse, Procter & Gamble, American Airlines, McDonald's and Coca-Cola, Exxon, Shell, BP. So what's the, de- how does the decision to stay or go happen?
2: Uh- you know, uh, not to uh, to to flatter my host here again and sound like I'm pandering. Oh, please do, Scott. With the it. logic, there's a logic here, but it's not a logic we've seen before. As as we've both been tracking social engagement, all three of mm-hmm. us with leaders for a long time, it's usually the consumer products firms uh, that are the first movers because they're very sensitive to customer feedback, boycotts, and things. Uh, that wasn't the case here. Uh, Nike, Adidas, uh, H&M, and if you count Apple or uh, or whatever is consumer-oriented, those are almost the entirety of the early movers uh, mm. in terms of consumer goods. Most of the rest of consumer goods, the packaged goods companies, the fast food, fashion, fragrances, were the last or some of the last to move. Who moved first? Well, it's people that have entanglements, I guess, with oligarchs and complex state-owned enterprise things. So I understand them pulling out. They They basically had to. And companies that can't get product in because of transportation sanctions, okay, they had to. But then there are a lot of others that were shocking. The professional service firms, as long as we've been doing this, you have to admit, we've never seen the law firms and the accounting firms, uh, consulting firms, uh, Bain, McKinsey, BCG, and EY Deloitte, uh, PwC, uh, KPMG, Grant Thornton, and others that are now 16 law firms. They'd usually rather shoot themselves and actually take a position on geopolitical conflicts but it it isn't consumer feedback that they worry about. And it's not even the plunging uh, response from investors that we saw on Monday as we posted our list and their stock fell on a day where the markets indices were down 3 to 5%. Their stocks went down 25 to 30%. No, these companies, they're privately owned partnerships. It's the revolt from within. You know, whether or not it's a pandemic to endemic stuff, the voice uh, and Independence or Gen Z or, or the the great resign but these the, the internal chat groups and the feedback of these of these professionals saying they're ashamed of what we're doing in there and then there are those who stay that say oh we have this big workforce and in the spirit of perestroika uh, we, we went in there in the 90s as a, as a brand of liberation and freedom we've built these bridges to between east and west and we don't want to shatter all that public trust now with the general citizenry and how do we go back in if it looks like you know we hate russian and stuff so uh, that is the tortured explanation. It shows a mind sure, war. Sure,
0: sure. But you have it. So, Scott, go ahead. Uh,
1: I, just, I just should disclose that Jeffrey Sonnenfeld is a hero of mine. I think if you were to distill <laughs> the conscience of capital, capitalism down to some sort of or animated, it would look something like Jeff Sonnenfeld. Jeff, <laughs> I was fascinated by how the EU used bigger nations with more gravitas and put them in the room with smaller nations to get a unanimous vote or give them the confidence of the cloud cover to vote in favor of sanctions are you comfortable disclosing who are your sort of go-to's in the business world that you feel have so much gravitas and so much power that you want them out front?
2: Well, these days, they'll sound like they're retirees, but they weren't at the time. Uh, but the people that I'll often go to, just among we friends, uh, is uh, that, of course, Ken Frazier of Merck is is the gold standard of uh, you remember the last line in Enemy of the People, uh, Ibsen says the strongest person in the world is the person who could stand alone. That's Ken Frazier, of course. Uh, and uh, Indra Nui is uh, she married uh, um, the whole idea of, 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 of performance with purpose before mm-hmm. he, he became such a cliche. She actually shows that doing good is not antithetical to doing well. Those are two who stand out. There are a number of other in the media space that may surprise you, uh, especially given the headlines of the last 24 hours, but you know, Bob Iger of, of Disney has been a uh, a less uh, public, uh, but st- certainly firm standard bearer. And I know you both know him and his space. So, so well, uh, those are a couple that stand out. There's Brad Carp of, of Paul Weiss, who has been a very effective, quiet uh, agent for change in the professional services world. So there are a few offhand.
1: So, I, I'd also love f- to know that you have to balance or where's the fulcrum between a very powerful agent of capitalism is the for-profit incentive. And at the end of the day, these CEOs are responsible for earnings. At the same time, they're also stakeholders in social capital on a much larger ecosystem. How do you personally decide – how do you personally draw that line when you see an issue around the pandemic or behavior or around the invasion of Ukraine? When do you decide this is where we really need to, to call on folks and start putting pressure on them?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I certainly, as you have seen, uh, the condemnation that would come in from the, on the, the right in the media uh, labeling socially engaged CEOs somehow that it's an, an insincere political correctness And on on the left, in the media or elsewhere, just cynical of management, just seeing that they're out there similarly Mm -hmm. for cosmetic uh, uh, reasons and that it's not authentic. And there are a lot of good critiques on both sides on that front. But it's not fair. The reality is uh, these business leaders are largely political centrists, and they're not driven by ideologies. They're largely pragmatists and problem solvers. And as they see issues uh, and... um, when people on the right say, oh, do they take on this issue or that issue? And then they talk about the slippery slope of every human injustice. Does a corporation have to do that or take care of the shareholders? Well, even Friedman in the much misquoted or certainly misunderstood statement the, that he wrote in the New York Times Magazine in 1970, said that uh, he talked not just about the shareholders, you know, the bottom line being uh, the only responsibility of business. He talked about something called social and community uh, re- community responsibilities. And in there, he talked about social amenities was his actual term for it. And it had to do with being a responsible employer and community member. Even he acknowledged it, but it's been distorted. It's sort of like um, uh, that uh, uh, Robert Frost never said that good fences make good neighbors. That was not the intention of his poem. In fact, you read the next verse, he says just the opposite. And uh, Rudyard Kipling never said east is east and west is west, never the chains will meet. Until you read the next verse, he's saying just the opposite. So there's been an arc distortion of Milton Friedman for people's uh, delight and pleasure. Uh, so um, it isn't a it. People say, well, stay in your lane then. Well, your lane is understanding the geopolitical context. And it matters if you have a breakdown in trust in society that free markets, free enterprise doesn't work. Great capitalists need to know there's trust in the system. When de Tocqueville came to this nation in 1840, beyond any of our memories, he wrote in, in Democracy in America, not just about the spirit of voluntarism, which we all celebrate. He also talked about a term that people think was coined last year, social capital. It, and he said social capital is more valuable than financial capital. And he saw that as distinctive in America. We don't legally prescribe everything. The laws are intended to be written to be loose. Right. We adapt to them because of the foundation of public trust. And as that trust is being eroded for a lot of the issues we talk about at other times, including this one, uh, then business leaders need to step in, whether or not it's patriotism or or personal values, or enlightened self-interest—they all converge. Well, I it. do know.
0: I do know they get exhausted too at the same time during the yeah. Trump administration. At one point, Texio was like, "Which one? We're going to just split them all up and each take one, essentially." And so, and they also have from the bottom, as you say, employees real. Then they've given them voice to th- complain about whatever the, the the issue of the day happens to be. And in some cases, like with masking or the uh, the pandemic people in the the company have different opinions. And so they have a real, you know, they have a real fight on their hands. And some companies like have opted. If you remember, there's a couple companies are like, we don't, don't bring it to work. Don't bring those kind of things to work. Um, When it comes to Russia, it's been uniformly do something about it, like do something about it. So I'm going to take the other side. Why should, why, not that it's virtue signaling, why do why should people do this? Why, in this case with Russia, Uniglo's founder, for example, said he won't pull out of Russia because, quote, clothing is a necessity of life. What are the drawbacks of cutting off a country in this way for a company?
2: Uh, I think, in reality, the drawbacks are are very much overstated. A drawback is there'll be some residual ill will mm-hmm. when the situation is resolved and they try to re enter that market. Mm-hmm. Or there'll be a denial uh, on some humanitarian reasons uh, that that Abbott Labs and AbbVie and uh, uh, Immersoris Bergen are arguing that we need to be providing drugs in there, and and we're in, in fact those drugs are helping injured Ukrainians. If there's anybody in Ukraine who's who's taking some pills from Vladimir Putin's factories, I, I think they must be crazy. Uh, that we can't even uh, ascertain. the the safety of what's being produced there. Nobody from those companies and the senior leadership, no scientists can even electronically surveil what's going on there, let alone personally visit. How can they responsibly operate there? I think it's dangerous I think it's a mistake. I think there's not going to be residual ill will. As we saw in South Africa, when those 200 companies meaningfully joined in the late 1980s with government sanctions, government sanctions, by the way, led by the US, were over Ronald Reagan's veto, As, as you'll recall, it was Mitch McConnell and a Republican Senate who overrode uh, Reagan's veto but the argument that brought Re- President Reagan used was it was going to hurt the well-being of black africans to impose these sanctions and as chief uh, uh, as uh, as as bishop tutu told me personally said who is he to speak on behalf of us we want the corporate sector to give more teeth to these governmental sanctions with these blockades and that made all the difference to strangle civil society, to bring it to a halt, is what they need to do. That's what Gandhi did. That's certainly how we got rid of Eric Honecker in East, East Germany. That's how he got rid of, of Nicolae Ceausescu in Romania. It's when civil society fails, it shows that the, the tyrant is not the totalitarian success he or she claims there. In this case, it's always a he, really, that that has the stranglehold. And that shows an impotence in the part of the leader that, that will lead somebody to, fi- to fail. So they're received as heroes afterwards. It's sort of like the palace guard in in the, in the Wizard of Oz, uh, where after she throws the bucket of water on uh, uh, and and the witch is is, is destroyed, that the guard nails nails and says, "Hail, Dorothy!" They'll be received as as uh, as the liberators. So and- it'll be a
0: good thing.
1: So there's a difference between Gillette pulling out and a Google or a Facebook or an Apple. Some companies just have more impact than others. We think a lot about big tech. Are you comfortable saying who you believe in big tech has taken a leadership role around, around these issues at the at the expense or the cost of shareholder value? And rather, not not necessarily naming names, but which companies maybe have been slower than they should have been.
2: Well, uh, since you and I like to name names, uh, <laughs> I, I think Citrix has been a disappointment. I think mm-hmm. Cloud has been a disappointment, uh, and uh, with the. Uh, most of the most of the digital currency people, Coinbase has been great, uh, but the others have been enablers uh, with a libertarian spirit. They don't realize that they are serving. Uh, they uh, they're they're operating as servants to a tyrant. If you if you don't like totalitarian control, then why are you enabling payment systems? And even if it's just skirting uh, minimally the SWIFT system and, and and Visa, PayPal, Mastercard, American Express, even the Chinese banks. Uh, despite what, what uh, President Xi Jinping is saying publicly and equivocating, slightly leaning towards Russia, the China Industrial Development Bank has is, is cut off, curtailed all financing into Russian companies, is that we shouldn't have uh, our, our cyber uh, uh, currency people or our digital currency people, uh, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency people uh, flooding the market there if it's even only helping the cognoscente and the oligarchs, it's a bad thing. So those are the ones that disappoint me. But shockingly, Michael Dell, who is, you know... Uh, It would not be out there as from the mountaintops, flamboyant statements, he's always more subtle. He was a very first mover and Tim Cook, uh, very impressively, and I'll say what we will on other occasions about Meta and Google and things, they were right out front. Did this hurt shareholders? No, I think it was brand enhancing. And many Mm -hmm. of the ways where Tim Mm -hmm. Cook has been such a a forceful, uh, as you both have talked about, defender of privacy, sometimes it cost them a little in the short term, but it was a huge return they thought for reinforcing the value of the brand. I think these companies have done their shareholders themselves, their reputations, a lot And they, and they
0: needed that. And they sort of needed that, correct? Uh, they did. In some way. Some of them did, for sure. And I think Facebook moving quickly, and I suspect that's Nick Clegg's influence. Um, you know, even IBM
2: moved right away, yeah. right up front, and HP and their competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I admire that. What,
1: what two or three companies would have the most impact who have not acted? If you could pick two or three companies to to stop doing business tomorrow that would have the most impact who have yet to seize operations there, what would those two or three well, companies they, be? Well, some
2: of them wouldn't have the greatest consumer awareness, but mm-hmm. enough ad agencies that haven't left, like WP did leave, that took out uh, Ogilvy and Mather and J.W. J Waller-Thompson and Young mm-hmm. That was great, uh, but late. Uh, but companies that are there, Densu, which uh, is uh, some very bad stuff that's being produced with slick uh, propaganda. Densu should not be there. Interpublic Group, Shame on them, how could they still be there? That would have some tangible effect. Burger King, you, you talk about the franchise arrangements they have, you know, well, uh, others with franchises have figured this out, Starbucks and McDonald's, which didn't have much as franchises. They figured out how to work around this. Young Brands has, has figured out some bypasses, buybacks, curtailing new investment. Burger King defiantly staying in there is, I think, symbolically a bad thing. But AbbVie uh, and uh, Immersource Bergen and some players that are that are quite large there, Ferragamo—it isn't one percent of Ferragamo's business. It's just symbolically st- stupid. why are they there? So those are mm-hmm. some that I would go for uh, mm-hmm. offhand that just right doesn't away. make sense to me. And then the oil services companies—what what are they doing now with the blockades of Halliburton and you know ba- and, and uh, Baker uh, Hughes and others?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, if you were a Russian CEO, this is my last question. And Scott may have one more. If you were a Russian CEO in tech or finance or consumer goods, how would you respond to these sanctions? What is happening within Russia? There's obviously um, uh, Wall Street banks are buying up the debt of Russian companies right now. Um, What? How would you deal right now as a Russian CEO? Uh, I I
2: would I would try for asylum as fast as possible. It's hard to operate (laughs) at the top of these companies in an honest, transparent way. You're, you're right now the the leaders of those companies um uh it's like being this uh, CEO of IG Farben under Hitler what should the CEO of God. IG Farben do to survive oh, they should they should resign <laughs> and and surrender their citizenship and and get the hell out of dodge uh, and, What do
0: you really think Jeffrey I, I, I don't, I, you're being stop being so coy would you please oh,
2: They're, they're how being you, complacent how can you not love evil. this guy <laughs> Sorry, go He's, ahead,
1: Jeff.
0: I'm, replacing, to, I'm replacing Scott with you now. Yeah. This That was a good one. That, that happened,
1: one. That happened uh, 10 years ago, and it's still happening. Uh, Jeff, use this as weapons. People, uh, let's just assume people buy into this, are inspired by the leadership you and many of these CEOs have demonstrated. What can people in the media, what can people with platforms, what can consumers do?
2: Uh, you know, there are um, a lot of ways by taking a look at this list, and again, is continually updated, so we don't hear from too many attorneys within an hour, is uh, that they, they certainly affect their buying decisions, their employment decisions. This is one thing that yeah, I think the three of us have had mixed feelings about some of the generational uh, attributes that come along in consumer uh, marketing uh, uh, theories, uh, but when it comes to Gen Z, I think sometimes the baby boomers drop the ball. Consciousness three has been knocked unconscious. Uh, mm-hmm. But when it comes to, to to Gen Z, at least for now, overwhelmingly it affects where they buy, where they seek employment, and where they invest. Uh, so I would I would certainly heavily market towards where a lot of your audience is, is a is a younger, influential, uh, enormous audience. And and the people who who pay attention to, to uh to your show, your operation and your podcast are the people that I think should be uh, paying attention to these lists uh, and, and affecting their decisions. That's uh, in a major way. I also would like, you know, Gina Raimondo and, the, and Commerce Department to have a, a sharper eye on what some of these companies are doing. Uh, just between us, there's some universities that we should be holding accountable. Mm. Up until last week mm. when I outed, don't cut me off on this, but MIT actually and okay. Victor Veckelsberg on their board, while while knowingly a sanctioned oligarch, until we pointed that out and then he was removed and they still took hundreds of millions of dollars from him and others without without publicly disclosing this uh for very sensitive work on ai cryptocurrency and some much scarier things i won't mention on air that we uncovered that MIT was doing in a large way that other universities were retreating from and universities that we talk about in china similarly have made been making mistakes i don't think they were trying to actively sabotage national security but there's a naivete and recklessness in the university world that we need to be you know, uh, you remember uh, Voltaire's uh, Candide. There was a there was a philosopher in there called Pangloss, who's mm-hmm. his mentor advisor. Pangloss in Greek means windbag, and he uh, and what Candide's lesson was that I guess what we have to do with all the horrors in the world is clean up our own act. It was it was cultivate your own your own garden. Voltaire had said, and I really think that's also an important takeaway. We should look in our own employers, our own institutions. How well are we doing? And I think Mm -hmm. in the university world, I think we need to match the standards that we uh, often use when we're criticizing uh, corporations.
0: Well, that is speaking to the choir of Scott Galloway. Scott, start to look into NYU uh, immediately. Um, Anyway, Jeffrey, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. For anybody who wants to find this, the list is online. We'll put the link in our show notes. Uh, But Jeffrey, you're doing really great work. And it's really important to just, you know, show, uh, not just tell, just show what they're doing. Just, and that's Stay strong, (laughs) my
1: brother. Stay strong. just drop it.
0: Just drop it. I'll send the
2: attorneys your way. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Jeffrey.
1: Well done.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: All right Scott, one more quick break. You really love him, don't you? He really. I think
1: Professor Sonnenfeld is the most influential academic in the world today. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: When when shit gets real, we're talking about pandemic response, we're talking about invasions of sovereign nations. He is the only person that can overnight get 50 of the 100 biggest CEOs on a on a Zoom call that night. I yeah. I have a lot of interaction with Jeff. He gets together not only in the business world in the academic world, he brings together twice a year. Though deans and president – I'm sorry, the presidents, chancellors, and provosts of kind of the hundred biggest universities in the nation. And he invites me to these things. And he calls me before and he says, I'll say, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I want you to provoke and anger them.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh no. That's why you like him.
1: And then I say something stupid and he steps in and protects me. But, oh, okay. um, but he really wants to catalyze a conversation. And he's not afraid to call these not. CEOs out by name and say – Hey, Cloudflare, get out of Russia! And by the way, yeah. you know, I would just want to say to all these companies, you're eventually going to leave. Just get out of there. Yeah. Just do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. uh, Professor Sonnenfeld, he really is, and uh, he really he is making an enormous difference.
0: All right, Scott, I'm glad that that's your hero. Yeah. We'll be back for predictions. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review, While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott. Predictions. Predict something. We did very well last week. Two of our things went well. Well, no,
1: I'm just doubling down. I, I can't. So, for the life of me, I can't figure out when. Uh, so, when Russia absorbed or usurped or whatever the term is, Crimea, Crimea, Crimea. Uh, it. I, I could sort of. you thought, okay, the the on a risk adjusted basis, maybe this made sense for them. For the life of me, I can't understand the end game here because a stat that is just really stuck in my mind is it takes five times as many troops to occupy a nation as to invade it. This is supposed to be the easy part. I mean, look at how fast we, we invaded Iraq and then look at how damaging and how difficult it was to try and occupy it or nation build and all the other brain dead things we did over there. But I don't understand the end game here. And the only thing I can think of and we talked about this on Tuesday, and it's my prediction. I think the world's largest uh, leverage buyout is Putin is going to take the largest companies in Russia, take them private, and then he's going to redole out these companies to the new generation of oligarchs. So my prediction oh, is so sort he's of he's going to find new oligarchs. Well, this is my prediction. Yeah. I think an influencer is about a really big influencer in social media who's maybe Russian or maybe not. Is about to become a billionaire. Oh, interesting. Because uh, Putin is basically going to reabsorb all the industrial conglomerates, buy them on the cheap, and then he's going to start doling them out again. Dictators and oligarchs are very smart at rewarding their allies. They are very smart. So Abramovich, who owns uh, Chelsea FC, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that maybe he isn't the genius businessman that his tens of billions would connote. But he happened to be Yeltsin's roommate and told Yeltsin to pick Putin. And Putin rewarded him with the ability to buy yachts and huge townhouses and one of the better premier league teams. So he's going to do the same thing. He's going to take that shit back. Putin came to power. This is interesting. By diminishing some oligarchs. And ascending others. And he's about to do the same thing again.
0: All right. I like it. I like it. I think it'll be inter- – I can't wait to see what Russian um, oh, star gets that.
1: Privilege. And he's going to take all these assets back and he's going to say, all right, mm-hmm. sell it back to me for pennies on the dollar or you're found mm-hmm. dead on a bench in a London park and you'll still be – maybe worth be worth $1 billion, not $10 billion. And then he'll start redoling it out to the next generation. Yeah. Of influencers. Who are loyal to him. He can't live right. forever.
0: Anyway, uh, interesting. Uh, uh, Stephanie Rule uh, last night on the Eleventh Hour, which I watch regularly.
1: What time is it on?
0: Eleven o'clock. The Eleventh Hour. Oh, thank
1: you, thank you. Okay, thank, thank you.
0: you. <laughs> the former ambassador to the to the Ukraine, who remember had got fell into Rudy Giuliani's crosshairs, uh, Marie uh, Yovanovitch uh, was on, um, and she said, "Russians might win this war, but they'll never win the peace." I thought that was a great line.
1: Well, uh, when do we? When do they? And when do we learn? I mean, we yeah, both we went know. into Afghanistan and then tried to yeah, hold it, and well, that didn't work out well. It's Their turn next. It's also, that. quite frankly, it's a time for some soul searching and some uncomfortable mirror gazing about what we did in Iraq and how many hundreds of thousands of Iraqis we killed. And by the way, fortunately for us, social media wasn't there. These people just didn't float off to a better place they yeah. were brutally killed they died under rubble yeah. and
0: although nonetheless it's tragic what's happening to these people's lives and pointless i keep thinking this is pointless this is so stupid um, to do this and and there and here we are and he, no one's going to win anything
1: it's like trotsky said you may not be interested in war but war is interested in you that is and true. it's kind of the failure of our species if you will and that is that we can if we can't figure out ways to solve stuff politically economically we go to it militarily And amongst other things, war turns good people into murderers. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely ravages a generation of young people who were born at the wrong place in the wrong time. Exactly. It's just, I mean, it really is a, it's kind of the failure of our species is that it Mm -hmm. still is, we kind of go through, you know, this, can we solve it this way? Can we solve it this way? And then we go to military and it's just military. And I can't for the life of me figure out. What is endgame is here. I just don't yeah. get it. I also believe that we are, and I'm going geopolitically making a big mistake, and that is we're mm-hmm. rewarding his reputation for being crazy. Right. We're saying, okay, yeah. don't do this because he's, he's crazy. crazy. and I don't think he's crazy. Anyway, but I, I I don't. This will impact us probably in more ways than just increased gas prices.
0: Indeed, in any way, we love hearing from our listeners. So, if you have ideas for cities, we got so much response. It I know, was crazy, right? and so many great responses. Um, we're not, you know, we're not going to be like. We're never gonna pick a perfect place, but mm-hmm. we are looking for one. We're dating right now. We're dating. We're gonna find one.
1: Toronto would be nice. I love Montreal Toronto. too. Montreal in the yeah. summer.
0: Good bagels,
1: stuff like that. Good food. Hottest women in the world.
0: Oh my god, I feel triggered. All right. Anyway, we love hearing from our listeners. But even if we don't agree with you, we love hearing from you. We love hearing from you. If we agree with you, obviously more. Um, and please send us suggestions. And if you've got a question for us, go to nymag.com/slash pivot or call. Eight five 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 one pivot The link is in our show notes. Okay, Scott, that's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday for more. Please read us out.
1: Today's show was produced by Lara Neyman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Intertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Mia Silverio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Kara, have a great rest of the week and a good weekend.